to the KC City Church Audio Podcast. We pray you enjoy this following sermon. Do you know the best expression of prophetic worship is where you think it's found? It's found right at the start when man, when Adam and Eve walked and talked with God. He came down in the cool of the day and he began to talk to them and they would respond and he would talk and they would respond. And our times together as we come like this, worship is about that. Worship is about creating the space, clearing the clutter. We come here with so much, so many things, so many distractions and so many different things we come here. But we clear that away and we begin to embrace what God begins to speak to us because worship is a response. Amen. It is a response to who he is. It is a response to his... In fact, in, in fact, the English language uses the word worship. Now, in the Old Testament, the expression is shaka. In the New Testament, which is in Hebrew, and in the New Testament is proskunio, right? But the English language interprets that into just one word. It says worship now. And, it, and this is what worship means. Worship comes from the word, from the English word, worthship. So meaning, you, there is worth in what you and I do. There is, there is worth in it. So God is worthy. He is worthy. We sang that song, you are worth, you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. Right? You're worthy. Just worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our praise. So when, if, you, if you begin to think that, what is he worthy of? What can I tell him? What can I express to him? So there, there, there must come a response, church. Worship is not just quietness. Now, there are times where you and I can be quiet and should be quiet. But there are times where if all you do is just being quiet before the Lord, then there is only an aspect of worship that you're entering into. Where else there are so many different expressions to worship. Now, I want to, I want to take us through a, a few slides. So I'm going to kind of race, race through this to some extent. And I can't get that pointer thing. Ah, where did it go to? Ah, there you go. Okay. Pointed at... I'll point it there. Can you see it at the back? Oh, fantastic. I can see it right here. In its basic definition, prophetic worship is speaking, singing, or acting under the inspiration of the Spirit of the Lord, which in turn shows our complete surrender in worship to Him. Thanks, Anna. Can you give her a hand, please? Amen. Amen. So, thank you. That's good. Thanks so much. So, if you look at this now, there are, there are, there are these aspects. So, sometimes we think that worship is, all worship is, is just singing. But here it says it's speaking. It's singing. Or it is acting. Now, tonight, you're going to come across the varied expressions of the prophetic. You're going to have some who will be painting. 
If you look at that image right at the back there, that lion at the back, just have a look at that. That is a prophetic expression of what? What do you think the lion is doing? <laughs> the lion is actually, when the person painted that, the image is of the lion yawning. It is at a place of rest. So the lion has come to a place of rest, and it is this humongous yawn. But when you look at it, when I saw it, I thought it's raw. It, it was a roar. But it's a yawn. Right? It's a, it's, it's a yawn because the person has seen something that has been revealed to her. So tonight you're going to find, you're going to find some of them now painting, painting something that they're going to see. But probably in our minds and sometimes in our theology we think, no, that is, that can't be worship. How can that be a prophetic image? Now if you go back to the Garden of Eden, if you go back to Genesis chapter 1, right? And if you look at that context of God now coming in the cool of the day and speaking to Adam and Eve, what is he doing? He's revealing things to them. He's showing them things. So what is wrong then if now God begins to show you something and you begin to replicate that in a drawing? Why is that less prophetic than only what is spoken, than only what is sung? Why is a dance less prophetic? Oh, that, that can't be, you, you, you can't dance in church. But you can dance in the clubs, or you can dance at weddings. But if wedding is a celebration, church is about, a, is about celebrating whom? What is our service about? Celebrating what? Sorry? Celebrating God. What did God do? What did the Israelites celebrate about? They celebrated about the Exodus when they moved out of Exodus. Their deliverance. What do we celebrate about? The salvation that we have. The fact that we are not bound. We are not in bondage anymore. We can celebrate the fact that now we have been reconciled to Christ. That we are now seated in heavenly places with him. That him and I, we are co-heirs with, with Christ. Imagine that. So we celebrate that. Now, why do we hold ourselves back from celebrating that? Many reasons. We are probably conscious. That I think is one of the greatest reasons. We are conscious, so we look around and we then begin to think that, oh, I don't know what so-and-so is going to say if I begin to jump like, uh, like someone from, that's from the Maasai tribe. And then they say, but I'm white, but yet I can jump. Hallelujah. So who says white man can't jump? <laughs> I don't know whether you've seen that. But do you know what I mean? That we're conscious. The other is, Someone tells you, hey, you can't sing. Just sing in the bathroom. So you come here, you've got, a, you've got a particular cap that is over you and I. Because culture has told us. We come from a particular culture, so culturally that is just not kosher. That is not right. So, but we come into this setting where we understand that this is, this biblical culture, it is so different. 
that God desires for us to begin to embrace that. So as you look at this, so prophetic worship is meant to allow, I love this part, is meant to allow God's reflection to be seen in us so that others may respond and come to know him. So as you come before the Lord here, as you and I begin to worship the Lord, as we begin to prophetically begin to express, there is a reflection. Now we see this in the context of Moses. When Moses came down, after going up and spending time in the mountain, when he came down, there was such a glory upon him that, that those who had not experienced that could not see that, could not stand that. So what did he need to do? He put a veil over him. And so when he came down, it was the veil that somewhat protected the people from this immense glory that was over. But today, we live in a day and age where the Lord now says, I have torn the veil from, from top to bottom, not from bottom to top, yeah, from top to bottom. From top to bottom. He has torn the veil from top to bottom, which means we have this direct access. So the glory of God is upon you. The glory of God is on you. It's on, it's on you. It's on your face. It's on your life. And so when you and I come into this atmosphere of worship, this glory needs to come into alignment. This glory has to, something needs to happen to activate that because you carry that glory. But it is often put aside through either, as I've mentioned, culture. It's through the fact that we are overtly conscious that we consider all of these things and then we come into a place where it begins to hinder particular aspects of worship. And now God is saying, come. Come. Begin to reflect who, who, who I am. Begin to reflect. Begin to reflect. So, what does it mean then? This is, this is the context in Exodus chapter 34. If you want to take a photo of that, or if you want that passage of scripture, this is what he talks about, right? This is about Moses coming down from the mountain. In fact, actually, uh, let me go back. And, and I love the last part where it says this, that, and the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses, Moses' face began to shine. His face began to shine, right? So what does it mean then in this context of worship, prophetic worship now? When we talk about, when we talk about praise, it is, as I mentioned, it is a response to God. Now, praise is something that we speak. We speak out, right? Prophecy is what God speaks. When God begins to speak to us, we hear that and we begin to, de we begin to deliver that. <laughs> And, and so God begins, to, God begins to speak to us. And so we, we capture that and we begin to deliver that. So to prophesy or be prophetic simply means to speak, sing, write, or act under, the, under divine inspiration. Right? You are inspired. There is this divine inspiration. So prophetic worship is a way to live life so that God's heart, words, and voice are made obvious to those around us. Right? Now, this is a, this is a fairly uh, common verse that we know, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time in this. But yet a time is coming, and it says there in, the, in verse 24, 
the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. So in other words, he, he is talking about the context of the tangible and the non-tangible. He's talking about the objective and the subjective because as you know, the, sp- the spirit... Uh, oh, there it is. So spirit... So spirit is subjective. Truth is objective. Amen? Truth is what you and I see. Spirit is something that is left to the person. Right? To understand that. Now, and uh, verse 24, it says, God is spirit and his worshippers must now worship in spirit and in truth. So in other words, in the subjective and in the objective. That's what God expects for us to do. So it's not always the objective element, but it is a subjective aspect where you sense and you feel and you respond. So whenever you kill what you sense and feel, you will never be able to come into a place of, full, of, of, of fully being able to respond. And as some of us heard that yesterday, that rumor shared a context that when she decided not to respond, she felt the presence of God leave a little. And many of us would have potentially experienced things like that. That we send something and we want to enter in, but then we feel things around us and all of that. And, and so we decide not to. Now, Friday night, we had the youth over at our place and they were watching this movie called Imagine That. Right? Cupido and Sopido, I think. Those are the names. And Queen Quali. Those are the three characters that this young girl could see, and she had a blanket called Guga. And the blanket was something like that, that color. And it was this Guga that she would put over her head, like this veil, and she would be able to listen to Cupido and Mopida. Cupido and Mopida. She would listen to these voices, and she would say, are you sure? So she said, yes, and blah, blah, blah. And then Queen Kuali will also speak to her. But no one else could hear that except her. So Eddie Murphy, who's the father, he's a hedge fund invest, uh, uh, invest, uh, investment broker. So he's going into, so, so he was about to transact a particular deal and his daughter says, no, 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 don't. Don't do that. Do something else. And so he's asking for the rationale and she's speaking in her little kiddie language and telling him that, and he obviously, you know, can't buy that. So what he does, he refuses, but eventually, actually, that was a bad deal. Then he wises up. And then he says, can you take me on this journey so that I can hear Queen Kuali, Kopido, and Mopido? Mopida or whatever. <laughs> and so she says, yeah. So she takes, her on this, takes him on this journey. Okay, now you've got to go through this. Now it's the river. You've got to cross the river. Oops, oops. Now there's this Sopido. Who's this dragon? And his dragon is throwing rocks at him. So Eddie Murphy is saying, now, so what do I do? Oh, you've got to duck. Because he wants to stop you from getting to Queen Kuali. Who is able to give you the right answer for this deal? So we got the Father, we got Jesus Christ, and we've got the Holy Spirit, and, this, and we've got this stupid Sopiro, who's a dragon, <laughs> that is throwing rocks at you and I, that is trying to stop us from hearing and listening to what God is wanting to say and speak to you. 
And the title of the movie is Imagine That. Now I want you to imagine what God can do and speak through you. But you and I have the sopido throwing rocks at us and trying to stop us from really coming into that place and being able to express everything that God is delivering to us. Now the moral of what I've shared is not for you to go and watch, imagine that. <laughs> but it is for you to imagine what God can do through you if you put this veil over yourself and stop everything else around you and just put this thing over you and begin to listen to this voice that now speaks to you and now begins to speak to you. Even right now, man, the presence of God is so thick in this place. And he just wants to speak to you. So listen. Amen. That's okay. That's daddy. Whilst you're listening, you, you, you know, there's this expression that you and I are crying out and saying, Daddy, 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 Daddy. We're crying out to the Father who wants to begin to speak to us, right? He absolutely wants to speak to us. Now, who heard something here today as we took that brief moment? What did God begin to release to you? Come on, church, respond. What did God begin to release to you? Giving up bad habits. Okay, what else? I heard the Lord say, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Thank you. Where the spirit of the Lord is, for those who are listening to this on podcast, she heard the Lord say that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Right? What else? What else did you hear? What did you hear for yourself? Fear no evil. Praise God. Ian. You're enough. Some are feeling tears or seeing tears. The Lord is turning those tears into gladness. Amen. He's turning your mourning into dancing. He's turning your tears into joy. Right? He's taken away from you the garment of heaviness. And he's given you the garment of praise. Hallelujah. He's given you and I the garment of praise. He's removed the garment of heaviness. I heard the Lord say there is a river. There is a river. Praise God. There is a river that is flowing. There is a river that flows. And each time we come to worship, Revelations 21 says is there is this river that flows from the throne of God. And it goes unto the nations and the leaves are for the healing of the nations. And there are so many of you here who, are, who, who, who represent the many nations that you come from. And so you carry that healing. You carry that healing, and you can release it amongst your nation, upon your nation. You can sing over your nation. We heard that yesterday. You can sing over your, your, your nation. Now, let me go on to the next one. Uh, th this is just the message version, and, uh, and I want you to just look at this verse where it says, it is who you are and the way you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people that the Father is out looking for now. That's the key aspect, that our worship at times does not go any further from just a hallelujah or a thank you, Jesus, or just 
the songs that we sing because our spirit is not pursuing truth. It is only when our spirit continues to pursue truth, that's when you will encounter a depth in your experience. But when our, when our spirit never pursues this truth, then what expression is there going to be? You know, if there's only one aspect, if you, if you only know how to drive in one particular direction, I mean, have you, have you keyed into your GPS and it gives you about three to four different ways to get to a place, right? But if all you do is just one way, one approach, one approach, if there's a jam, if there's roadworks, you will never know how to make a detour, right? So the same thing, when it comes to the context of just worship, if, if, if this is all we know about this truth, this is all your experience is going to be, friends. But if we want our experience to be wide, to be varied, if we want our experience to go deeper, if we want to see this amazing, magnanimous God of, 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 what, the, of what the Bible begins to declare and say, and what your friends may be sharing and what you hear as testimonies, then it is for you and I to begin to pursue truth. And the Lord is saying this, that these are the kind of worshipers that the Father is out looking for. So that means God has his eyes poised on you, but he has his, po his eyes poised on those who are consistently seeking. Now, we, we can't say that, oh, I go to work and, you know, it, it gets so tiring and there's so much this, you know, I have to really, uh, you know, do all of this because otherwise my family will not be cared for and this and that. There is no time to worship. There is not enough time to come to church on a weekly basis. Because we've got so many other things to do. So if you don't make time for God... How is he going to make time for you? Yeah. He actually does make time for you. He does. That's right. But how is he going to make time for you? Because you don't have time to entertain him. I put that in inverted commas. You don't have time to embrace him. You don't have time to wrestle with him like Jacob did. We don't because we are full with so many other things. So how then do we live from fullness in God? You know the lady with the oil? You know that story, right? Yeah. And when she poured that oil, she was in desperation. She was so desperate for God to move and do something that she had to go behind closed doors. Do you, did you, do you think that when, the, when, when those jars came and she had this little flask of oil, that when she poured it in, did you, do you think that she would have anticipated that to continue? What is it that made her think that, okay, I'm going to pour this into this, but I've got lesser than that flask, but I'm still going to pour it in? Because the prophet said, go and get vessels. So she heard, of, she heard the word of the Lord coming through a prophet. Who heard from God and gave her a strategy. She employed that strategy. That strategy took her out of debt, friends. Because verse 7 says this. Go sell what you have 
and what you have left and pay your debts. Go sell what you have and pay your debts for what you have left will be sufficient for you and your sons to live on. That was her superannuation there. Her pension plan and everything was in that little flask of oil that she went behind closed doors because she heard a prophetic word that was spoken. How many of us hear the prophetic word and we put it on the shelf because it's a too hard basket? You know, many of us who've journeyed in this church for a period of time, we are blown away at the prophetic words that have been spoken. Because that's the only reason why we are where we are today. Because of the prophetic word. If not for the prophetic word, we would be long gone somewhere else. Digging someplace else. Living something else. But the word was spoken over us prophetically. We guarded it. We followed it. We listened to it again and again. We doubted it. And we reminded ourselves that they, that ain't the way. And we put God to the test. And we are reaping what the word has been, what the word, what the word was declared to us. Now, many of you can testify that. But there are many of us can also testify of the fact that we have just left these words spoken. So when you and I come to a Sunday morning, when we come into a setting where we experience the, the varied expressions of the prophetic friends as a church and as a leadership, can we encourage you, please do not put God in a box. Please don't assume that this is not an, an expression of the Lord. Now, you know, when revival begins to hit and when revival has hit, what is the common thing that we do? That this revival begins to persecute the former revival. One move persecutes the move of the other. And that happens, that is through church history, you and I see that. Because things that happen during a revival cannot sometimes be understood. But we often say this, there must be the banks when a river flows. Right? When a river begins to flow, there must, be the, there, there must be banks that are there. Because if there are no banks, what happens? It begins to flood. And it begins to create a disaster. So when the river begins to flow, there are banks in this church. There are banks in this house. So as a leadership in the first place, we are very, very watchful. We are very discerning. Right? But we're also not very quick to say, hey, no, 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 no. We try not to. Now, many a time I want to because my personality cannot accept some of the things, believe me. <laughs> but I don't lead this church out of my own personality. Amen. I lead this church together with the elders out of hearing the voice of God. Because if it is out of my personality, it would be way different. All we'll have is just worship every Sunday. <laughs> 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 Hallelujah. 
So we don't lead out of our personality, friends. We lead out of the context that, man, you, we've got to hear the voice of God. We've got to test the voice of God. We've got to test what we hear. Test the spirit. Make sure it aligns with the word of God. Right? Make sure it aligns with the word of God. So, so when, when you and I begin to come into that place, then you know that, hey, this is, this is a safe place. This is why we do what we do. This is why we allow for the expressions to be expressed in this way. Because we are a church of many cultures. I don't have a right to go. One of the, one of the worst things that missionaries did when they went to Africa was they taught them how to sing the hymns and psalms and all of that in a Western form. So the Africans began to forget their music heritage. So they would sing Amazing Grace within the context of, a, within a Western context. But they had great rhythm. Why? Because they were told this. These instruments are used in cults. These instruments are used to uh, worship these gods and all of that. So we have, and it happens today. Oh, that, these songs written by the, that church. Oh, they do this, that, and everything. No, 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 we can't sing that. Oh, that song was written by so-and-so, and that person fell, so I can't sing this song now. What is the song? The song is a word of God that declares that God is big. Not that the person has fallen, or not that you are, when you sing that, you're going to fall. Even if you don't sing that, you're going to fall. <laughs> right? So maybe you should sing that to know that God can strengthen you. I mean, I'm not prophesying that you will fall. That's not it, but you know what I mean. I mean, we, we, we fail, and we fall, and we get up, and we dust our feet, and we begin to then journey on. And we begin to press on, we begin to press on. I, I don't know, I'm, 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 I'm actually more wanting to, I, I'm wanting to share my heart today. And, and, and the reason for that is, I feel we are, we're at a real pivotal place that if you don't abandon yourselves to something like this, and if you begin to question what is going on and, and why this and why should I be committed, why should I this, why should I that, stop that. Stop questioning that. And just say, I'm going to go, I'm going to go for it. I want to go for it. Because otherwise we cannot make statements like this, we want to be city changers. We want to see our city transformed. We want to see all of that. When we're struggling to make it in time to come to church. You know, you don't go to work late. You may try to. <laughs> and you may be given a, a warning. And then you try again, and you're given another warning. And you try again, and by the third time, you're given a letter that says, just stay home, that's okay. <laughs> right? But when we come to church, you don't get a warning that if you come late. Because you think God is so gracious, which he is. But now you ask yourself, from a standpoint of honor, have you honored God? Good. Have you and I honored him? I, I put myself in that too. Because if I'm not preaching, am I going to come early? Who says no? I will. Because <laughs> I never always preach. I, I just love you. You're just so, so interactive. 
<laughs> Praise God. I don't know where I'm going with this now. Uh, what did I say? Yeah. Okay. So, so, so the aspect that we are, we're at a pivotal place, church. And being at this place, we need to begin to press through certain things. We need to commit to certain aspects. You, you, you know, sometimes we, we talk about churches that we all need to come together. But as churches, I find that we often are more uh, uh, self, it's the self-preservation, you know? And I know as pastors, sometimes we try doing things together. And I, I, I know, I recently tried pulling together some pastors to talk about praying for the city next year. Not one reply I got. So I sent another reply. I got one pastor that replied. And so then I think to myself, who am I? Maybe I should be, you know, some of, you know, someone from a mega church. Then potentially they might listen. And so what happens? You embrace? What do you embrace? Doubt? Discouragement? And then you think, no, I didn't hear that from God. But thankfully that we've been in the industry long enough to know Sopido is always trying to throw rocks, <laughs> right? And what I heard from God is correct. So I'm gonna press through. I'm gonna press on, right? And we need to. We need to, because I don't know who it is that told me this. Someone told me this. Ha <laughs> someone told me this, yes. John Kilpatrick of the uh, revival in uh, Brownsville, Brownsville Revival, Pensacola Revival. He called for something and no one responded. And in that prayer meeting, there were times when he was just by himself. And he prayed and he continued to pray. Revival broke through, I mean, for various reasons. It may not just be because of him, but we went there. I was there at a pastor's conference. I had never experienced the power of God in my life the way I had experienced there. I'd never seen a baptism, someone being immersed in water and coming out like as if the person, like as if that water was electrified. Wow. Never seen a person thrown in the power of God, just thrown like that. Right, just amazing. People are camping through the night because they needed to get in. So they're sleeping in the car park. Thankfully, thankfully in Florida, it's warm. No tents, they're just sleeping out there in the car park. And it's a church that can easily accommodate a couple of thousand people. And every night is packed and packed to the rafters. Because people are hungry. There was a commitment. There was something that they heard from God. And they began to press right in. Press right through. Press right through. So when we talk about living from fullness. What is our fullness? Is our glass half empty or half full? That verse in Ephesians that was spoken about earlier in the ad. Talks about that fullness. Fullness. 
There is this fullness within. There is this effervescence that needs to begin to happen. Right? I've got to bring this to, an, to a landing here. And I just want to potentially just go through uh, uh, don't worry about that. Oh no. Let me look at this. Let's look at this verse. Um, now after that you will go to Gibeah of God, where where there is Philistine, where there is a Philistine outpost, as you approach the town, you will meet a, a procession of prophets coming down from the high place with lyres, timbrels, pipes, and harps being played before them, and they will be prophesying. The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. This is about Saul. Now, Saul comes into contact with these with 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 these guys who are a group of prophets who are worshiping and experience. And, and you see, music has a real powerful potential there. There is, there is, a, there is a huge link between music and the, and the prophetic, right? There's a huge link between music and the, and the, the, the prophetic. So you find, firstly, uh, a, a verse prior to that, David, David, together with his commanders and the army, set apart sons of Asaph and all of that for the ministry of prophesying accompanied by harps, lies, and cymbals. So when you find that in the context of what we do, why we ask someone to play, why in an environment like this, there is this, there is this link of, of music to the prophetic. And when it is played, you will find that the, 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 you're brought into a space, you're brought into an environment where a lot of the distractions, I believe personally that this begins to remove some of the distractions. And we heard yesterday that sometimes distraction is good in, 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 a, in the presence of God. In the presence of God, sometimes, right? Because God uses that to begin to speak even to you, right? And so we've gone through that verse. Now, you look at this context here. Elisha comes in very agitated, and he's been asked, now, I want you to prophesy. So here he says this, okay, I'm going to do it, but I need you to do this for me. Bring me a harpist. And so while that person was playing, the hand of the Lord came on Elisha, and he began to speak a prophetic word, right? And we find this in the context of singing. I want, to, I want to read something that those of you who've heard me share this before would, would have heard this. I want to draw a distinction or, or a truth in the potency of singing and what music does. Let me read this to you. Singing is light. Physicists now explain that light is much more complex than just visible light that we see with the human eye. Now, light travels through space by means of moving light waves called electromagnetic waves. The wavelength of these electromagnetic waves determines the various types of light. So the wavelength of these electromagnetic waves that, that travel, they 
are actually, they, 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 are, they are actually various different types of light, right? Only, however, only 3% of the light spectrum makes up for visible light. So there's 97% that we cannot see of this light that is traveling. Only 3% is visible to us. It's like particular sounds that we can't hear, but dogs potentially can hear these high-pitched sounds, but the human ear can't. So there are certain things that we cannot see, right? But I'll read, I'll read further. Within, light, within the light spectrum, a range of wavelengths called radio waves, which comprise a certain part of the electromagnetic spectrum of light. Now, within this range of wavelengths, there is even a smaller range which may be detected by the human ear within this. So as light begins to travel, as light travels through space at a, at a wavelength within the threshold of audibility, within the threshold of you and I being able to hear what is audible. So again, as light begins to travel through this, within the threshold of what you can hear. We may actually hear this light as music and singing. So sometimes you find people, there's no music being played, but they, hear, they listen to this. Yeah, I'm hearing this music, where is this from? You're not crazy. You're hearing something that God is causing your ears now to begin to listen because there, there is this acuteness that you suddenly have realized. There is this light that you're, you're starting. It gets more interesting. Now, if God, if God were to readjust our eyes to a different wavelength, we would be able to visibly see music and singing because all music and singing is therefore by its, very by its very nature light. So when we sing, when we sing a prophetic song, when we sing the song of the Lord, do you know what you're doing? You're bringing light into darkness. So who will want to stop you from singing? Sopido. <laughs> the enemy wants to stop you from singing. And he stops you from singing by using everything that is almost natural. Consciousness, someone telling you you can't sing, someone saying this, someone saying that. Right? Or your own sense of identity. But then going back to John chapter four, verse 23, he says that your spirit needs to pursue truth because that is not truth. Your inability to sing, is, it's not truth. But if your spirit pursues this truth in God, then you will come to a place where you will sing with the angels and you might even sing like an angel. Who knows? Who knows? If you haven't tried it, you will never know. Right? If you've never tried it, you will never ever know that. Right? So 
The scripture now tells us that God is light and in him is not darkness at all as in 1 John chapter 1 verse 5. So pure light is part of the essence of God's nature. It would not be carrying, it, carrying the analogy too far to say that just as God has created music within nature to be an integral element of light. So music and singing is a very real element of God's very essence and person. So does God enjoy your singing? Yes, he does, because it is part of him. That is his very essence. He is singing, as in Zephaniah, he says that he will rejoice over you with singing. He will exult over you with loud singing. So if he's light and if he's declaring that, your ears, my ears can begin to, because we are not just merely human. We are made in whose image? I want to bring you back to that which I started earlier. You are made in that image of God. So if you're made in that image of God, you have the propensity to begin to hear him like he does. You can sense him like he does. But again, we've put too many things over our lives to indicate that it can't be done. Right? He will quiet you with his love. When we sing praises to him, he responds over us by singing. Because we have created the channel. As you begin to sing, you begin to now hear him. You may sing, hey-o. And then he says, hey-o. Hey-o. I know you. And he might sing that to you. Right? So God begins to respond to you. But if you, if you don't take time to hear him, and if you don't get accustomed to this, so if you don't come, now if you, if you want to be a good singer, what do you do? You practice, you go for singing lessons, and you, do you go once a month? Sorry? At least once a week. At least once a week, right? So you come to church once a week on Sunday, and you get free singing lessons. <laughs> You get to rehearse as a choir every Sunday. Why do you want to miss the rehearsals? Why miss rehearsals? Come on time for your rehearsal on Sunday morning. Because you get to sing with the heavenly choir. You get to perform. And you and I begin to just minister to this amazing God. In such a powerful way that as we begin to sing... Things are happening all around us, all around us, all around us. And that's for, that's for another Sunday to share that aspect. Amen? So this last paragraph, consequently, singing is especially qualified as a channel of ministry of the Holy Spirit. Singing in the Spirit is the sending forth of light from Mount Zion. It's the sending forth of light from the heavens. Right here. So when it says, your kingdom come, your will be done. When we hear what is in heaven and we begin to sing that, we send that light from heaven to come to the darkness that is upon the earth. And that is why the glory of the Lord can fill the earth. Because every Sunday, churches all around are singing and singing and singing. So the glory goes all around. So his glory is shed right across and right abroad. Right? So under the anointing of God... Singing in the spirit can begin to illuminate the hearts and enlighten those who sit in darkness. So when you begin to sing, right? Now, 
I brought this up here because you saw this. And those of you who know this, you, you've, you've heard me share this, right? There are radio waves all around. There's 89.9, 101, 103, all of that. Can you hear them? <laughs> yes. Front, left, left, this is the left. Uh, here. Rio Project Soul. Speaking in tongues. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you tune to 93, you get in tongues. You need someone to interpret, that's right. <laughs> Amen. Come on, man. This is so slow. Move up, move up. Okay, it's coming up to 101. Addison Road, massive delays remain on the Western Freeway. If you're going to Western Freeway, you've just got the news right now. Right? If you're heading into the Royal Melbourne show, you will find delays on Langs Road and Epsom Road. You might want to just... So you just heard me turn to three different stations. But the radio waves are all around. But if you tune to the right station, you begin to hear the exact message. Right? When you tune to the right station. So friends, what station are you tuning into? When it says here in Zephaniah, he is rejoicing over us with singing. So if God is rejoicing over you with singing, don't you think you could hear him sing over you? So when he sings over you, don't you think you could capture that song and release it to the congregation? That is what you call the song of the Lord. Now do you know why we give you space in our service? We go into the space called spontaneous worship. So that you then now begin to move from what is fixed, a song that we sing that others have written. That's a fixed song. We move from there to help you align yourself to the heart of God. Because that is truth. So your spirit is pursuing truth using someone else's song. That takes you into the space that we call spontaneous worship. We create the space for you to now begin to hear what God is singing. And you begin to deliver that. And the person standing beside you may be awesomely encouraged by what you have just sung. Because you've declared what you've heard. You've tuned into the right station. Right? You've tuned into the right station. So, team, uh, Anna, just, just Anna, just come up on keys. We're going to have this. We're just going to end here today. And I'm going to encourage all of you to come tonight.
come, please, for yourselves. Come and begin to encounter this because there will be space for you. There will be this expression for you. And if you've, you've not had this experience before, break into it, friends. Folks, break into it. Because this is one of the hallmarks of this church. This is something that God has placed upon our hearts to begin to carry, to begin to take people through, to come to a place that they, that, that they experience within this, this throne room something that maybe they may not have experienced. I am not in any way devaluing your experience in God. We all have a variety of experiences. In no way am I even devaluing that. What I'm saying is this, that if you've not had an experience where you've fully understood the context of spirit and truth and really seen what music is and what singing is, and understanding that link between music and the prophetic and singing that is light, that dispels darkness, that you can hear from God and begin to deliver that. And if your expression or if our expression is only one thing that is just the spoken aspect, tonight, we want us all as a family to break out of this box, to be able to begin to see, God, wow, you can do that. You can do this. Like the many colors of a rainbow, the Lord is able to do so much. So just, if I can invite you to just stand with me. And just, in this time, just allow, your, allow yourselves to hear from God allow your expectancy to rise, the expectations to rise. So much more of God, so much more of Him He wants to unveil to you. Father, today we pray that you clear away the clutter that you declutter what's in our minds, Lord Father. What's in our hearts, you begin to declutter that. Lord, we want to tune to the right station today. He is singing over you. God bless you, church.